Well, hey, New City, we're glad that you're with us. Thanks for tuning in. You know, it's Palm Sunday, and as we remember Jesus entering into Jerusalem, he came not just to die, uh, but to be raised again and to rescue us and what hope we have in him because of that. And it says in Psalm 24, open up, O ancient gates, open up ancient doors and let the King of glory enter. So that's our prayer this morning, that the King would reign in our hearts. And so let's sing and celebrate. This is the day that the Lord has made. New City, let us rejoice and be glad in it. Tammy and I are here to welcome you to worship today. And there's a reason to be glad. Because we're gathered all across our city. And if it's like last week, all across our world, worshiping together today. So thank you, New City, for being the church in new ways. And we're excited about that. Hey, if you're joining us for the first time, maybe you got sent a link by a friend or a co-worker, or maybe you just found us online, thank you for joining. We're thrilled to have you with us today, and we'd love to connect with you. love to hear a little bit more about who you are and your story, and you can do that online on our website if you click the I'm New tab, or if you happen to have our app, click Connect, and there's a form, and please fill it out, and we would love to circle back with you and connect with you. So again, thank you for being with us today. I'd like to add my welcome to RJ's. Um, hey, New City, and hi, Mom. My mom has been joining us from Alabama, so wherever you are, we are so glad to be together. 
And though we are looking out, speaking to an empty room, we know that you're out there because we have so enjoyed seeing the pictures on social media of you worshiping in your homes. So keep it up, New City. We love to see you. We are all learning new ways of doing things right now. You know, we keep hearing that phrase, a new normal. So we're having to choose between speaker view and gallery view, joining uh, a meeting with video or without video, and the big question, to mute or not to mute during an online group. And even our uh, New City Next Gen kids are learning a new way to experience church. So we just want to remind you this morning of an amazing resource we have on the Next Gen resource page on our website. There's a full worship experience for your children. That includes worship, uh, Bible lessons, scripture memory activities. You can find that at newcity.us slash nextgennow. It's divided into preschool, elementary, um, and preteen. The videos are awesome. Also, our Next Gen team wanted me to let you know that they're going to be adding a lot of really special content this week leading up to Easter. That's right, Tammy. It is Passion Week. Uh, exciting time in the life of the church in our church here at New City. And so we actually have a website for you, Easter at newcity.us, Easter AT, not the at symbol, <laughs> Easter at newcity. Dot us with everything on there. So please check it out. Easter at newcity.us. It has service times for the weekend. It actually has our Monday Thursday service times, which is coming this Thursday evening. We'd love for you to tune into that. As well as what Tammy mentioned, some next gen Easter Jam resources as well. Easter at newcity.us. Use that website to invite your friends, your coworkers, anybody else you would think who would love to be part of New City during Passion Week. And we never stop being the church, no matter how we meet. And so we are praying that you will find ways to bring the hope of Jesus to all of your circles of influence. And what we're seeing in our city right now is that the needs are becoming even greater. For example, food insecurity is becoming a deeper need. And so there are lots of other needs too. So we also want to remind you of our page on our website. Uh, it's at newcity.us serve now, newcity.us serve now slash serve now. Lots of wonderful opportunities to engage in helping those in our city. And lastly, we want to continue to live generously by giving to God's work through the local church. And as we pray for our offering, I just want to remind you there are several ways that you can continue to give. You can give through our website. You can give through the New City app. Or you can just mail a check into the church. And if you need help with that, please email finance at newcity.us. And we want to thank you, New City, for continuing to be so generous in giving to the church. Now will you join me in praying for our offering this week? Father God, we bring you our praise. We bring you our adoration. We thank you, Father, for meeting us in our deepest needs. Father, I want to thank you for every person joining us. Lord, meet them where they are, whether that be healing physically, whether that be providing for physical needs because of changes in jobs or business. Father, we love you. And Lord, as we give, we pray that you will use what we give and multiply it and bless it to bring you glory and to transform lives. It's in your name that we pray. So, so. 
with me. We thank you that you're the father of tender mercy and the God of endless comfort. God, thank you for coming alongside us in our grief and our uncertainty and encouraging us with the hope that only you can give. God, I just pray that you would continue to wrap your arms around these New City families and their health and their struggles. God, just grant them the peace that surpasses all understanding. God, we thank you for today. In Jesus' name, amen. We're so grateful to have each of you joining us today, New City, for this Palm Sunday celebration. Uh, we're grateful for, for having each of you, for wherever you might be, all across our city and even around our world. We had a viewer last week from, from Germany watching and We're grateful to have each of you, wherever you might be today, joining us for worship. You know, we've been talking about in this season, as we've been physically separated, that we can join together in spirit and in truth for worship. And that's what we're here to do together today. The church has left the building or our buildings, but we are still the church wherever we might be today because the Spirit of God is in us and we're here today to worship Jesus and to lift him up. Pastor Rodney is here with me today. We're gonna be sharing the message together. So grateful to have him uh, joining with me today as we continue this series, The Miraculous Seven. We've been walking through the seven major signs from the Gospel of John. And today we're in the sixth sign, believe it or not. We're going to be in John chapter 11. So if you have your Bibles, again, wherever you might be, I want to encourage you to open up your Bibles to John chapter 11. We're going to be looking at Jesus raising a man named Lazarus from the dead, and it's the sixth sign that we'll walk through today. Before we get there, and as you open up your Bibles, let me share a little bit of New City family news with you. Of course, we're entering into Passion Week together, and we have so much happening here at our church, so many ways for you to engage. Next Gen Resources, a devotion guide for our church that's been written specifically for this week. 
We want to encourage each and every one of you to walk through that devotional with us as we walk every day through this Passion Week. I'm going to be sending you an email later on today, so please look for that in your inbox. It'll have all the materials included. It'll also be available on our app and on our website. And just want to encourage you again to engage and all the many things that we have happening this Passion Week. Let me mention one or two things specifically. Along with the devotional guide, we're going to be having a Monday Thursday service online. That'll happen Thursday night at 7.30 p.m. So go ahead and set your alarms, even right now on your phones, go ahead and set your clocks for 7.30 p.m. and join us online for a special Monday, Thursday service. We're also gonna be celebrating communion together as a church family. So I wanna encourage you to get some communion elements, some crackers, some juice together for you, for your family, and we'll be celebrating that together again, 7.30 this Thursday night. Easter is next Sunday, of course, and want to encourage you to join us for worship as we are right now, but also invite somebody in your circle, friends, family members, neighbor, to join with us, to tune in with us next Sunday, 9, 1030, and 5 p.m. for a celebration of the resurrection of Jesus. Let's pray together. God, we do thank you that this is the day that you've made. We rejoice, we're glad in it. We're grateful to be able to worship you together in spirit and in truth. Scattered all around this city, this country, this world, we come together lifting up your name, Jesus. We're reminded of your words when you said to your disciples, and which of you by worrying can add a single hour to your life? What a great word for us today. God, would you calm our worrying minds and hearts. We cast our anxiety upon you. Would you remind us, even in these next several moments together, as we open up your word, would you remind us fresh and anew who you are, Jesus, who you are, Master. Speak to us now as we open your word. I pray this in Christ's name. Amen. 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 Thank you so much for that, Chris. So good to be with you today and so good to be with all of you, our New City family and friends. And again, for those of you who are joining us for the first time, we have been in a series entitled The Miraculous Seven. And today we'll be looking at the sixth sign in John's gospel. We'll begin at chapter number 11, verse number one. So if you have it, say, I got it. I got it. All right. All right. The (laughs) word of God to you today. Now, a certain man was ill, Lazarus of Bethany the village of Mary, and her sister Martha. It was Mary who anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was ill. So the sister sent to him, saying, Lord, he whom you love is ill. But when Jesus heard it, he said, this illness does not lead to death. It is for the glory of God, so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So... When he heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer in the place where he was. Then after this, he said to the disciples, let us go to Judea again. The disciples said to him, Rabbi, the Jews were just now seeking to stone you. And are you going there again? Jesus answered, are there not 12 hours in a day? If anyone who walks, if anyone walks rather in the day, he does not stumble because he sees the light of this world. But if anyone walks in the night, he stumbles because the light is not in him. After saying these things, he said to them, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I go to awaken him. The disciples said to him, Lord, if he has fallen asleep, he will recover. Now Jesus has spoken of his death, but they thought that he meant taking rest and sleep. Then Jesus told them plainly, Lazarus has died. And for your sake, I am glad that I was not there so that you may believe, but let us go to him. And verse 16, so Thomas, called the twin, said to his fellow disciples, let us also go that we may die with him. That's interesting here because um, as the passage starts in chapter 11 here, it begins with these words, now a certain man was ill. It wasn't just any man, it was a man named Lazarus. And he wasn't just anybody, he was a close friend of Jesus, along with Lazarus's two sisters, Mary and Martha. And interestingly, when, when Jesus hears about this, he, he pauses, he actually remains where he is. And, and, I, and I, wonder, I wonder if you've ever felt like in some of your deepest, darkest 
um, longings or disappointments or hurt or struggles or, or even, let me use this word, your, your confusion, uh, if God really sees you, if God really knows, if God really, let me go even a little bit further here, if God really, really cares about what I'm going through, this, this deep pain or sickness or, or hurt in this situation that, that, that's happening, have you ever been left behind? Have you ever felt forgotten by God or other people? I'll, I'll share a quick embarrassing story. Um, when Jackson was uh, um, probably six, seven years old, I forgot him at the church, actually left him there, got home, made myself a sandwich, was sitting down after you know a full morning and got a phone call uh, from one of our pastors saying, hey, did you forget something? <laughs> and they were locking up and turning everything off. And I, I forgot, I thought Jen had him, she thought I had him, we forgot him there. Have you ever felt forgotten? Wow. You ever felt left behind? I, I, I would imagine that Mary and Martha, as they send word to Jesus, he's doing ministry east of the Jordan, some, some ways away from Bethany where they live. They say, hey, Lazarus, your friend is sick and they're close together. You, you need to come so that you can heal him because he's, he's not just sick. Look at the Bible again here. Look at the passage, verse one. He's at the point of death. This, this is a sickness that, that could actually take his life. Please come and heal him. And, and I want you to look again with me at verses five and six specifically and the reality of what's happening here in the story. This is, this is incredible how John records it. Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister Mary and Lazarus, the man who's sick. And look at verse six. So when he heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer in the place where he was. If you're holding the copy of the scriptures or if you're following along on your phone, maybe just highlight or circle that first word in verse six, chapter 11, so. He loved them. So he stayed where he was two more days. Now they must have felt forgotten, left behind, totally confused why Jesus, this one that they loved so much and were close with, didn't come to them, didn't seem like he cared, didn't see them. And yet the, the way that John phrases it, it's because Jesus loved them that he stayed two more days where he was. You know, God loves us so much that sometimes he doesn't answer the prayers that we pray the way that we wow. want them to be answered. God loves us so much that sometimes he doesn't give us our way. We invite oftentimes God into our stories. We invite him into our plans, right? Are you with me? We invite him into the way we would solve this situation or issue. Instead of going to him and saying, listen, this is the issue. Our brother is sick, he's going to die. Please do something. No, instead, it, 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 it inherently in the passage is their expectation that he's going to come immediately and answer exactly the way that, that they want him to answer. And God doesn't always work that way. In fact, friends, God loves us too much to leave us to our own plans and devices. And what we see happening in this current reality of this sixth sign, the raising of Lazarus, the whole setup to it, is Jesus loving them enough to answer their prayer and their request a different way. And I just wonder, I just wonder if maybe he's doing the same for each and every one of us. That in our moments, our situations, even the moment that we find ourselves in right now as a community, as a world, uh, the, the sickness and the confusion that surrounds us and crying out to God. We have a way that we want him to answer, but maybe just maybe God wants to answer in a way that's going to, watch the passage here, bring him more glory. Look at, look at verse four. When Jesus heard it, he said, the illness doesn't lead to death. It's for the glory of God so that the son of God may be glorified, what? Through it. So good. That the brokenness and pain and the sickness is actually an opportunity for God to enter into that place and for him to receive more glory because of it. But not only that, Okay, because God doesn't answer the way that they, they want him to. Jesus doesn't come right away. He waits. He loves us too much to answer the ways that we want him to answer, to, to always fulfill our plans and our desires. But watch this. It's always to give him more glory, to bring him more glory. But also this, look at verse um, 15. For your sake, I'm glad that I was not there, Jesus says to his disciples, so that you, my disciples, might believe. Let's go now to him. So in other words, Jesus's plan in all of this is to bring more glory to himself 
and it's also to bring more goodness through his plan. His plan is higher than our plan. His ways are higher than our ways. And you can rest assured in this, beloved, that even though God may not always answer your prayers the way that you would like for him to, he hears your prayers. He cares and he loves you. And he's doing something that's going to bring him more glory and is going to cause more goodness to come into your life and the lives of other people around you. And finally, in this first section here, in this sixth sign, the disciples kind of say to Jesus, hey, if we go back to Judea, if we go back to Bethany specifically, that's the very place where everything is buzzing and turning and people are after you. They've been threatening you, trying to kill you, trying to, to arrest you. If we go back there, bad things are going to happen. You might die. And guess what? They were right. And, and look who it is. This is really interesting. Verse 15, look along with me here, John 11. When, after Jesus says, for your sake, I'm glad I wasn't there, but, but, but I want you to believe even more. Now let's, let's go it was Thomas, verse 16, called the twin. That's right, doubting Thomas says to his fellow disciples, if you can imagine it in your mind's eye, let's go that we may die with him. Now, Thomas gets a bad rap, right? We've, we've, we've given him the nickname doubting Thomas because he, he, he doubted the resurrected, resurrected Jesus and whether it was really him. But, but before all that, let's don't forget that Thomas was the one that looked at his fellow disciples and said, let's go with Jesus back to Judea and let's die with him. Let's not let Jesus die alone. An incredible statement and moment of faith and belief. Let's continue the story. What happens next? Look at verses 17 and following. Now, when Jesus came, came to Bethany, he found Lazarus had already been in the tomb four days. Lazarus has died. Right? He's already been in the tomb now four days. Verse 18, Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles off. And many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them concerning their brother. So when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and she met him. But Mary remained seated in the house. I wonder which one you would be. Would you run out to Jesus or would you stay and wait? Martha says to Jesus as she runs out and confronts him and, and meets him, Lord, if you'd have been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give to you. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. And Martha said, I, I know that he'll rise again in the resurrect, re resurrection on the last day. I believe that. But Jesus said to her, listen to these words, beautiful words, John eleven twenty five. 25. Jesus said to Martha, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, yes, Lord. I believe that you are the Christ, the son of God who is coming into the world. All right, so I, I love, I love this, this section of the passage here. And in this section, we find out that Lazarus has died. And Jesus is here having a conversation with Martha. Now, we just learned from Chris that Jesus had a close relationship with this family. He had a close relationship, yet in this conversation, Jesus is attempting to give Martha a fuller picture of who he is, a fuller picture of who he is. And now, so we learn a couple of things about Martha by the way she responds to Jesus. We learn, number one, that she has some belief in who he is. She has some belief, but I believe that her belief is a general belief in who he is and not necessarily a specific belief in what he can do in this situation. And then number two, we find out that her understanding of who he is is limited. Her understanding is limited. And, and Chris, it makes me think about how I am at, at times and how we all can be at times, and that is we believe in Jesus, yeah. but we don't always believe that he can bring life to our dead situations. Mm -hmm. And I've discovered that oftentimes the hardships of life expose the boundaries of our belief. And I believe this is uh, what's happening to Martha here. And so he asked her a very significant question in verse 26. He said to her, do you believe this? Yeah. Do you believe this? By this, he was referring to her belief in him as the resurrection and the life. Mm. And so though Martha believed, her understanding was limited. She believed that he was the Christ, the son of God, 
who was coming to the world, but she didn't have a full belief or understanding in Jesus as the resurrection and the life. So, so, so Chris just read that when, when Jesus said your brother will rise again, she understood his statement to be future tense. We know that by her response. She says, I know he will. I know he'll, I know he'll rise again in the resurrection at the last day. But watch this. He said, I am the resurrection and the life, not I'll be the resurrection and the life. In other words, he was saying, I am the resurrection and the life right now. The resurrection and the life right now. He was trying to lead Martha to understand that the resurrection and the life was not just something that happened on the last day, but that it was a person that was standing right in front of her. Jesus essentially was offering life in the midst of a dead situation. And Chris, I believe he's doing the same thing today. I believe that Jesus is offering life in the midst of our current situation, in the midst of our confusion, in the midst of our chaos and adjusting to new normals. He's offering life, and I believe it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. So let's continue in our story and see what happens next. Verse 28. When she, when she had said this, she went and called her sister Mary, saying in private, the teacher is here and is calling for you. And when she heard it, she rose quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet come into the village, but was still in a place where Martha had met him. When the Jews who were there with her in the house, consoling her, saw Mary rise quickly and go out, they followed her, supposing that she was going to the tomb to weep, to weep there. Now when Mary came to where Jesus, where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and the mm -hmm. Jews who had come with her weeping, also weeping, he, he was deeply moved mm -hmm. in his spirit and greatly troubled. And he said, where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. Mm -hmm. So the Jews said, see how he loved him? But some of them said, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man also have kept this man from dying? Yeah, and so this, is, um, this passage contains the shortest verse in all the Bible. So if you're looking to memorize a verse today, your verse for the day is John 11:35. Jesus wept, those two words. And two really powerful words, I think you would agree. In this section, before Jesus actually performs the miracle itself of the resurrection, Jesus empathizes with Mary and Martha and all of those who have gathered together to mourn the loss of Lazarus. And he also empathizes with our pain, our suffering, our grief. I think those two words, John eleven thirty five, 35, Jesus wept are two of the most powerful words into an insight into the heart and the character of Jesus. Yes, he is the Lord of all creation, but he's also the one who is close, uh, as close as a brother to us, that walks with us, that never leaves us, that never forsakes us, that cares for us, that understands us, that is with us. Emmanuel, God with us. And those two words, John eleven thirty five. I don't know about you, but my heart is comforted to know that God does care, that God does see us, that God is with us. Here's the, here's the amazing thing. Let's just enter into the story here for a second. Jesus is about to perform this sixth sign, this resurrection of Lazarus, raising someone from death to life, symbolic of what he wants to do for each and every one of us. He knows that's about to happen. And yet in this moment, he chooses to empathize and to take time to weep and to mourn the brokenness, the pain, the destruction of death and sin, to, to be with us, to, 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 to walk with us, to journey with us, even through our tears, especially through our tears. And, and I know that for some of you, you know, now, now more than ever, I, I know that some of you, many of us are, are wondering, does, does God really see all this? Again, back to the beginning of the story, has, is he just choosing not to come to us, to not, to not care for us? And when we read the rest of the story, particularly in this passage, we see that, no, 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 God cares. 
he's working for his glory and for our good, and he is weeping over the brokenness and pain of this world. This world is not operating as God intended for it to. It goes all the way back to Genesis chapter 3 and the choice that Adam and Eve made in the garden. And ever since then, this world has been under the curse of brokenness and sin. Not only their sin, but our sins, our choices, our brokenness. And death is a result of that sin. And so death and destruction and sickness and every, every bit of that that we see happening right now is a result of sin. And Jesus weeps over that. Uh, The Bible says that the Holy Spirit groans, uh, makes utterances with us as creation groans. And I think all of you would agree, again, now more than ever, that creation groans. Creation is sick. It's not operating the way that God wanted it to. And he will bring a new heaven, a new earth. He'll bring a resurrection and a life for all of us who believe in him. But in the in-between, he weeps. He mourns with us. He, he cares for us. And this passage in this sign reminds us of that. Jesus wept and Jesus weeps with us for our brokenness, for our loneliness right now. For those of you, I know many of you are lonely right now. You feel isolated. You, you, you feel physically alone, but you also feel emotionally, relationally, and spiritually alone. Jesus is with you. Jesus sees you. Jesus cares for you. And his heart breaks for what's happening in your life. Jesus showed his heart for each of them in his tears. So some people, when they saw Jesus' tears, look at the story, they, 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 they recognize his heart and they say, see how much he loved him. It wasn't that he didn't love Lazarus. That, that can't be the reason why he didn't come right away. There must be something else happening. But, but there were doubters. There, there were haters all along the way, right? There are people that misunderstand his grief and his weeping. They say, well, he opened the eyes of the blind man. They're going all the way back to Jesus healing the blind man. They, they, they heard that story. Some of them may have witnessed that. They knew the blind man that had, been, that had been healed. And they say, so he could do that. Why couldn't he do something for his friends? And here's how the, the sign ends here, the final section today. Then Jesus deeply moved again. Again, Jesus is deeply moved by our cares, by our frustrations, our loneliness, our pain, our, 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 our brokenness. Jesus deeply moved again, verse 38, came to the tomb. It was, a, it was a cave and a stone lay against it. And Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, Lazarus said to him, Lord, by this time there'll be an odor. He's been dead four days. And Jesus said to her, did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see what? The glory of God. So they took away the stone and and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you've heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this on account for the people standing around that they may believe that you sent me. Go back and circle how many times the word believe is used in this miracle. Verse 43, when Jesus had said these things, he cried out in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The man who had died came out, his hands and feet bound with linen strips and his face wrapped with a cloth. Jesus said to them, all the people around, unbind him and let him go. Yeah, this is great. I, I love the way I love the way this sign ends. Uh, in, in this, Jesus makes uh, two unusual requests here. Mm-hmm. Two unusual requests. Now we all we all know that Jesus was fully capable of handling this miracle by himself. Yet he makes two unusual requests. In verse thirty nine, he tells them, "Take away the stone. Take away the stone." An unusual request. We know that by Martha's response. She says, "Um." Sir, you do know by now he stinks, right? You do know that. And I can imagine being there myself and wondering, why are we moving this stone? Mm. Why are we doing this? What is this all about? See, at this point, they didn't know what Jesus had purpose to do. They didn't know what Jesus had purpose to do. And then in verse 44, he tells them something even more unusual. He says to them, unbind him and let him go. Now, again, I can imagine with me, I can imagine being both astonished and apprehensive 
I, I wouldn't know whether to clap or whether to run. <laughs> because they were asked, they were asked to unbind a man who had been dead for four days. Mm. Unbind a man who had been dead but four days. But, but here's the powerful part about that. Mm. Both requests, though unusual, they were both opportunities to participate in the plan of God. Both opportunities to participate in the plan of God. Now, I believe, Chris, that God is glorified best when his children participate in his plan Mm -hmm. in the earth. Now, mind you, they had to to fulfill these requests apart from their understanding. Again, these were were unusual requests. They had to do this apart from their understanding. Understanding, And I think uh, part of the lesson for us as Christ followers in this is that sometimes we have to, di- to divorce ourselves from the need for everything that God does to make sense. Mm. And I believe that that's especially applicable in times like these. Chris, you said a couple of weeks ago that uh, obedience precedes understanding. Mm-hmm. Obedience precedes understanding. We're learning more and more that, 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 that obedience is what God cares about, not necessarily our understanding. Yeah. But I love in verse 42, he states the purpose for it all. The purpose for it all in verse 42 when he says in part, that they may believe. Mm-hmm. That they may believe. And one of the powerful things we've been learning in this series is that the purpose of our belief mm-hmm. is so that we may have life. Amen so that we, we may have life. Mm-hmm. And so as we close today, a uh, couple applications. We have two bottom lines today, not one, but <laughs> two bottom lines today. And the first is this. The fullness of Christ is available for us. Mm-hmm. The fullness of Christ is available. Again, Mary, Martha, and Lazarus had a close relationship with Jesus, yet there was still more of him to know and to be discovered. And I'm encouraged by that. I'm encouraged by the fact that no matter how long we've walked with Christ, no matter how long we've known him, there's more of him Mm. to be discovered. And maybe for some of us in this season, that means knowing him more intimately as our peace or maybe as our provider. Mm -hmm. The question I ask myself uh, working through this message is, is that whatever I need in this season, do I believe that Christ can be that for me? And I'm asking the same question of all of you. Whatever you need in this season, do you believe? that Christ can be that for you. Mm. And two bottom lines today. So the fullness of Christ is available to us. And and then secondly, this is a matter of life and death. This sixth sign, this miracle that Jesus performed, the raising of Lazarus is a matter of life and death. And the reason why I say it that way as a bottom line, an application for us to take away from this sermon is that's what was really happening here. It was a a confrontation, if you will. It was a stare down between death authored by Satan and life authored by Jesus. Jesus is the author of life. Satan is the author of death. And so as Jesus is standing here at the tomb of Lazarus, looking in with all the people around, just picture it in your mind's eye as we finish up this story, what he's really staring down, what he's really looking down is our ancient foe of death itself. The enemy himself, Satan himself, Jesus and Satan, life and death a final confrontation here, if you will, before the final confrontation with the, with the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, which we'll celebrate yeah. next week. This was the, the final sign before the seventh sign, the resurrection. And it was in this order, this, this final sign, the very resurrection of a man, a picture of what Jesus came to do for each and every one of us to resurrect us, to give us new life, to defeat our ancient foe, our our number one enemy that was undefeated until Jesus came, and that is death. Because of that first Adam, you know, Paul says this in 1 Corinthians 15, that because of Adam, we all live under the curse of death. And the Bible says in, in Romans chapter 6, verse 23, that the wages of sin, our, our, our inherited sin and our, our choices, our, our, the, 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 the choices that we make to sin, right? Our volitional sins, all of that together, the wages of that, that equals death. But the gift of God, listen to this, Romans six twenty three, the gift of God, the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ. The free gift of God. You know, there's the expression, nothing in this life is free. The free gift yeah. of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. Our simple belief 
in him. And as Rodney said, that's what God longs for us to see through this miracle. This is a matter of life and death, our own life and death, mm-hmm. our, our spiritual life and death. And may we see Jesus as we begin this Passion Week together. And, and we head towards this final sign, the seventh sign, the conclusion of, of the signs that John records. May we, may we come back to the whole purpose of it all. Mm-hmm. John 20, verse 31, that we would know that Jesus is the Christ, yes. the Son of God. And by believing in him, we would have life in his name. To him alone be the glory today. Amen. So good. Let's pray together. God of all creation, thank you for identifying and empathizing with our hurts and even our confusion. Thank you for seeing our sorrow and for caring for our pain, Lord. Now we ask, God, that you would help us to identify with you in a new and in a fresh way in this season. Help us to know you as our resurrection, our life, our provider, and our peace. Glorify yourself in the lives of your people, for you alone are worthy to be praised. In the strong name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. 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 Well, thank you so much, New City, for joining us today. As I mentioned before, we're going to be sending an email today with all kinds of great stuff as we head into Passion Week to celebrate together, to remember together, to join together um, in spirit and in truth as we worship Jesus this week. So please be on the lookout for that. It'll also be posted on our app and our website and probably just a good time to mention, please be regularly uh, watching our our website and our app. We're, We're constantly updating it with new resources and ways to connect with you. If there's something you want us to pray about specifically, if you want to respond to the message today in some sort of way, if you want to begin a relationship with Jesus, you want to talk about how to start a relationship with Jesus or something really pricks your heart from the message, we'd love to know about that and talk to you and pray with you. You can email us pastor at newcity.us. Again, that's pastor at newcity.us. We'd love to hear from you with something we can pray for you about, or again, specifically today, a response to this message. We'd love to follow up with you. If you're able, would you extend your hands wherever we might be today, across this city, across the country, across the world today, as we finish in worship, let's extend our hands for this blessing as we go. Now may the Lord bless you and may the Lord keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you. May the Lord be gracious unto each and every one of you. May the Lord turn his face towards you. And may the Lord today, now more than ever, fill you with his peace and his love and his life. In Jesus' name, amen. We love you, New City.